Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Influence on your money with Money FM 89.3. He is the author of eight books, including one that I'd like to focus on today, titled The Serving Leader. It's a book that contains practical, actionable leadership behaviors found in thriving businesses. John Stallworth is founder and president for the Center of Serving Leadership, and he joins me this morning to talk about some of the ideas in his book. And I'll also ask how the ideas in this 2003 book do when it comes to helping leaders in a post-COVID world world best serve. Good morning, John. How are you? Thanks for being here. It's a real pleasure to be with you, Michelle. Thank you so much for the honor of joining you. Now, your book, John, talks about five powerful actions to transform your team and business. Can you give us a sense of these actions? Sure. Um, What I was working on for many years, Michelle, in global leadership practice was understanding what the leaders and owners of extraordinarily successful companies were doing in the people space, how they were impacting through their behavior, through their actions, the human side of the leadership and business equation. And I isolated five areas of discipline practice that are always showing up in organizations that that gather great people, that engage great people, that, that win trust, that cause human beings to want to go above and beyond the call of duty. And um, uh, very quickly, one is in the area of purpose. In your last hour, there was conversation about that. How do we as leaders allow the people who are with us to wake up to the meaningfulness of the work that we do? Second is the in the area of values. How do we take the values we espouse and translate them into conviction by each member of the team that we actually mean those things, that builds trust, that it creates incredible benefits for an organization in hitting its targets. Third is in the area of customer focus, mission focus, making sure that um, our people are never forgetting um, who pays the bills and why we're in the world to serve. And, um, and then we work at some strengths building so that we can teach our leaders how to equip their people increasingly to be in the sweet spot of what they do best and have greatest energy for. And then finally, we really have fixed the delegation problems that I see worldwide by helping leaders and supervisors know how to equip their team members to take on more responsibility and do well uh, as they step up and uh, and bear more weight on behalf of the company. That's a real quick summary. Well, thanks for that. I'd like to get into the delegation problems that you see in just a while. But first, let's take a step back, John. Let's talk about your model. Many of us may have heard of the servant leader, but what is a serving leader? Yes. So I began reading servant leadership material all the way back in the 70s when the father, the so-called father of the modern servant leadership movement, a man named Robert Greenleaf, published his book. I liked the work very much, Michelle, Mm -hmm. but it was theoretical and it was uh, conceptual. Uh, It was not practical. Uh, There weren't action steps. uh, There weren't uh, trainable, learnable disciplines that you could take out to the front line. And so servant leadership has been good, inspirational teaching to say to leaders a a quite proper and true thing. And that is that, you know, we ought to have a heart of service. We ought to think of others. We ought to care for our customers and our people, but without implementation uh, and guidance. And in the work that I did over many years, I observed the behaviors that 
the servant leaders were exhibiting and built that into teaching and uh, and um, tracking methodologies so that we can be very specific about what we're looking for. Um, so there's a philosophical alignment, Michelle, mm-hmm. but a highly practical, hands-on um, approach that, that our supervisors can learn and master and we can, uh, we can measure, we can see outcomes as a result. Mm, hence the emphasis on serving the verb. Help me understand, John, the challenges of leadership that you hope to address with your model, the serving leader model. Well, at the highest level, uh, there are multiple, of course, and um, post-pandemic and in the season that we're in, the challenge of being a leader only intensifies. But at the highest level, leaders are, by a rule, uh, entirely preoccupied with other important matters than the people side, the people issues. They're, they're challenged with strategy and uh, and capital and uh, marketing and uh, the disciplines that are required of a business, all terribly important. But there's a people side of the equation, and, and we know from the data now it's quite clear that organizations and leaders who wake up and engage and bring forward the, uh, the full participation of their people, uh, people who are now thinking with and imagining with and going above and beyond the call of duty for the organizations they serve, uh, outperform uh, those organizations that that have won, that have earned the trust and the engagement and the belief and the passion of their people simply do better in the marketplace. And so to do all of this is tough for a leader. And, um, and what we've done on the people side is made that simple, made it uh, learnable because we know how a greater difference it is for an organization to not just have a good plan and a good strategy and adequate finances and a good market and so forth, Mm -hmm. but also have a workforce that is all in. John, you say many leaders don't get beyond the focus on themselves. How does your model address this? Well, several ways. Um, Frankly, I don't reach every leader on earth uh, because (laughs) uh, there's a certain, I think, um, we'll say experience base that we need as we grow up and begin to uh, run into the ceiling of ourselves. And so um, um, we are able to work with leaders who have begun to realize that uh, they themselves need to continue to grow and, uh, and to stretch and they need to do a better job with their people. Um, we provide for those leaders two things. One is uh, an understanding of the impact of their leadership, first on their people, then on their culture, and then ultimately on their on their success, uh, their profitability. I have found, Michelle, that that we need to get through to the minds of leaders first to realize that there is an ROI in getting better in the people space mm-hmm. um, before we can be we can hope to begin to impact their behavior. Uh, again, going back to your first question. It is daunting and challenging uh, to be in charge of an enterprise, and uh, I don't think that any leader who is really paying attention and accountable to outcomes is going to invest extra time that he or she does not have in developing their their, uh, leadership and their people capacity if they don't realize that it has a direct bearing on their business success. And so we impact, first of all, their understanding from the data, 
um, that, as as I already mentioned, is is accumulating rapidly. That a fully engaged workforce is a difference maker from a business success standpoint. And then we uh, they're in a position to say, okay, show show us how to do that. Show us how to to cascade these skills, these disciplines down through the ranks from the upper level, uh, down through the middle level, and out to the fingertips of the organization. Um, you know, an accountable leader needs to have a return on investment for any investment they make. And time is so precious, Michelle. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I believe both of those sides are quite important for us to really be of service to the clients that we serve. So leaders are grappling with uh, all sorts of new challenges, engaging a workforce that may be spread all over the world, uh, working locally, and so dealing with the hybrid workforce. How does your model uh, serve a post-COVID world? Well, I'll I'll just drill into one or two uh, elements of it. Um, When you think about what has happened to us, first of all, uh, we all went remote, um, split work teams and um, and remote work, the ability of supervisors to have the, you know, the the, the direct impact on on their team members was changed dramatically, and so workers uh, found themselves at home, cramped into apartments. <laughs> their children were there uh, doing school, also from those apartments, and the supervisors didn't have as much uh, access. It was very important for the clients that we've served here in Singapore prior to COVID and through to have built. Uh, the trust, the, the alignment of culture that uh, we worked through, that served very, very well in the remote phase of this. But I think everyone has now woken up post-COVID to the fact that uh, uh, change is not uh, a crisis that occurs from time to time, but it's baked in. And um, that puts stress on human beings, that puts stress on leaders, that puts stress on systems, all the more important for us to become skillful at building a a culture, a working culture of trust and purpose and alignment and everybody on the same page, not just in terms of uh, the tasks that need to be accomplished. We've always been good at that. And frankly, uh, Singapore, in my evaluation, traveling in so many parts of the world, does better strategy execution with clear accountability for tasks Mm-hmm. key performance indicators than any place I've seen on earth. But beyond that, the engagement of the whole person by uh, inviting them into vision, mission, values, uh, purpose, trust, terribly important uh, in the world uh, that we now find ourselves in because of the greater stress that everybody is under. Well, very nice speaking with you, John. Thank you for joining us this morning. His books have been translated into nine languages, sold more than 120,000 copies. John Stallworth there speaking to us about the transformational power of service. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.